By the way, guys, before the uh, episode starts, um, if you hear me, uh, you know, if you, if you literally hear me just, I want to say like sneezing, more like, you know, my nose, you know, and everything going crazy, that's, you know, me having like a very runny nose at the moment. Um, I don't really have a cold. I'm not sick. It's, you know, it's just since it's going into that, like I said, that flu season, I'm trying not to get sick and I'm just having a stuffy nose at the moment and, you know, all that type of stuff. But that that's it. That's all I want to let you guys know. Just if you're wondering what, what that sound is every time I'm, you know, I'm talking and stuff. But yeah, okay. That That's all I want to say. So yeah, back to the episode. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Antoine TV2, the host of Organized Mess. And I am back with a brand new episode for y'all today. Hope everybody's having a good day. Hope everybody has a great upcoming weekend. And hope everybody just enjoy enjoy time spending with them families or them friends or just chilling by yourself. You feel me? So like each and every episode, I got a banger of topics to talk about each and every week. And I appreciate everybody tuning in, chilling with me, kicking it with me, and just spending time with me. Honest, I completely, completely love y'all to death. I love everybody that views my stuff. I love everybody that follows my podcast across here, Spotify or Anchor, aka Spotify, uh, Spotify podcasters or Apple podcast. It doesn't matter as long as you liking what uh liking what I got for y'all or you know you're interested in what I have to say. Like it don't matter. I appreciate each and every one to the bottom of my heart. But like each and every topic. In each and every episode, you already know how this goes. For my OGs out there, you already know. For the new people out there, grab your popcorn, grab your drinks, go grab somewhere comfortable to sit, and let's get right into today's episode. So, first one I want to talk about is TNA Wrestling. So, if you haven't heard... Uh, I think it was this past week, uh, like earlier in the week, or somewhere last week. It's one of the two. But uh, Impact, which used to be TNA Wrestling, Impact Wrestling announced that they are officially rebranded back to original TNA Wrestling. And I'm excited. I watched a little bit of TNA growing up, not a lot. I'm not going to lie, because I was more like WWE than I was TNA. But for people that did watch TNA wrestling a lot more than I did, if you remember, you know, the OGs that was there, especially people from WWE that went to TNA, like Hulk Hogan, Booker T, Kurt Angle at that time, Perk Kurt Angle, because of the way this man was doing so much moves and basically just being his crazy self. I think um, Sting was in there as well, too. The Hardys, like Christian Cage. There's there's a lot of people back then. And then also people um, that you never knew that was uh, from, uh, what is it? That was in like WWE and AEW that went to TNA first. Like people like uh, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, them. And uh, some people in in the olden days, like... uh, uh, was it R Truth? I think R Truth was there. Austin, Austin Creed, aka Xavier Woods, like people that we never expected to be there, or not expected to be there, never expected to be in WWE like that was in TNA at that time. And 
I'm telling you, TNA days was crazy. I, I like obviously I didn't like I said I didn't really watch TNA like that, you know, because like I said I was more pro WWE more than TNA Lou. But <laughs> around that time, TNA for a lot of people was was life. Like and then I, I think at one point they were trying to go up against uh, WWE, but that failed tremendously, and I think that's what killed them. But um. Comparing, you know, their show to WWE and trying to make their show like WWE because of how much views and rating and everything was getting at that time. Um, especially with Hulk Hogan and everybody trying to compete with them. And what is it? And I think I, I think at well, I think it was a uh, Ric Flair as well, too. And then we had like Jay Lethal over there as well. So, like I said, TNA had... When when it was branded first as TNA, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. And then when I heard when it, when it got rebranded to Impact, what it is now, um, it didn't really it didn't really do so well, and it started falling off like heavy. And then recently, I think around like twenty twenties is when it like started to climb back up. Cause I know, cause I know Bubba Ray Dudley is uh is in TNA right now. Along with other people, sometimes like RVD be there sometimes, and you know pe- people like that. But um, and I know now recently, I know uh Matt Cardona is in there, aka Zack Ryder from WWE. I know uh Mickey James is basically yeah she basically in there as well for for a minute now, um, and and there's some other people that you know. That I know, I think uh, originally as in Moose, cause I knew I know Moose cause of Impact, but I don't watch it like that. And I know uh, Leo Rush because he was in WWE and then he went to New Japan and all these indie pro wrestling scenes, and now he's in Impact. So, and he's doing really well in Impact. I'm not gonna lie, but I'm I'm glad that they uh, are happy that they rebranded themselves, even the owner of TNA. Literally scream like we're effing back because technically they are, and I'm happy for them because obviously we're probably not going to see uh you know probably TNA pay per views on YouTube because at that time that's they're a new company. I won't say a new company; they're a good company, but they never had deals where like you know how WWE and AEW has deals where you can like have pay-per-views on, like, apps like, uh, you know, Peacock for WWE. And I think uh, Danza, I think that's how you say it, Danza, for uh, for AEW pay-per-views. So that's that's already hard enough already for uh, TNA slash Impact because they don't have sponsorship like that when it comes to uh, pay-per-views because they do pay-per-views all from, you know, that little place or that little, I don't really say performance center, but more, more like, uh, it's kind of like a WWE performance center, but that's what they do, like, wrestling shows and pay-per-views with sucks, which, you know, how big Impact slash TNA got over the years. I'm surprised that, you know, they don't do a big stadium Big stadium pay-per-views, but I hope now that they rebranded themselves back to TNA and their viewership goes up and more people start watching them, like the OGs start watching them and more of the new audience starts watching them, I hope that they can climb 
back to where they used to be. And on top of that, if they can land like actual great TV deals slash, you know, having pay-per-views on um, like big name, like like big stadiums in, in, in the U.S. or, you know, and just landing like a good, basically like a deal where you can have, like you can stream your pay-per-views on a certain app, then do that. You can do that. But um, I just know, I'm just like happy for them, 100%. They deserve this. A lot of people want TNA back for years, but obviously Impact didn't know how to rebrand themselves after they fell off. And now that they have rebranded themselves, we I am curious what uh, what they bring now. Especially, I hope they don't do the whole WWE versus... TNA again because if you go if you go against WWE plus since Vince McMahon is completely kicked out of TKO <laughs> and now Triple H is head of creative for the main roster on top of that HBK is 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 booking for um you know NXT just don't I don't want to I don't want to WWE versus TNA again because you. If you remember what happened, like when it was Vince McMahon, WWE versus I don't know who was the you know TNA CEO at that time, but basically, you don't want if if you if you had smoke with Vince McMahon WWE, I don't think Impact that wants smoke with you know Triple H WWE because obviously Vince McMahon WWE and Triple H WWE is technically two different things. But booking now for Triple H WWE is going is a lot better than you know Vince McMahon WWE at that time. So I'm just saying, like, be careful, Impact, because we don't want you to go, uh, you know, lose viewership again after that entire big ass loss that you guys took um, all those years ago. Because that's what killed your product. Going against uh, Vince McMahon WWE, so uh, at least, at least I won't say if if you can play it safe, play it safe, but don't don't be stupid like you did like you know all those years ago and you know go against WWE for viewership and who can drag it the most views because right now we have AEW doing that and AEW loses to WWE each and every week, including pay per views each and every month, so. And on top of that, like, and on top of that, my boy Tony Khan is still sore from NXT all those weeks ago, man. Because remember when, because remember when, uh, AEW pulled like 621,000 views and then we pulled almost a milli from NXT alone. Not no main roster, just NXT. Yes, I know we didn't crack a million because everybody thought we did crack a million, but after, you know you know, consideration and, you know, doing some dissecting a little bit. Um, yeah, it was 921,000 views. But um, but Tony Khan was pissed for a minute. So, yeah, <laughs> I just we just don't want to we don't we don't want basically y'all to ruin your product and be sore losers like you were in the past and sore losers like AEW now. 
I'm just I'm just telling the truth because we don't. It's the last thing you want. You you bring yourself and then lose, and become sore losers and then fall off again for the second time in a row. That's no. Nah, you, you fell off for a lot of years, a good couple of years, more likely two thousand eight to. I would normally like twenty like more like twenty fourteen to to twenty twenty. So you fell off for a good six years. So uh yeah. Don't make the same statement again and welcome back to you, Nate, because y'all deserve it and I'm happy for y'all completely. But next thing I wanna talk about. So WWE now. Factions in WWE is is getting crazy. I'm not gonna lie. After the whole bloodline faction, factions in WWE has been popping up L- like crazy. Like LWO, especially with Carlito now being there. You know, the Hurt Profits uh, or the street business. You know what I mean? With Bobby Lashley and, you know, street profits. Um, you have, let me see. Was it also Judgment Day? You have um, you have a lot. I mean, a lot at this point. You got Brawling Brutes. You got um, Out the Mud from NXT Chase University. They're a tag team, but at the same time, they're a big ass faction. So that that's a thing. Um, schisms, but not no more because they technically broke up. Um, and basically, just time from there just you know just goes on because there's there's way too many groups slash factions slash tag teams and i mean big ass tag teams but the one the one faction i want to talk about and y'all probably gonna hate me outside the bloodline the judgment day is the best faction right now in wwe yes i'm tell i am Yes, I'm. You probably think I'm talking on my ass, but no. Outside the bloodline that was running WWE for the last three years, the Judgment Day is the best faction in WWE, and I'm gonna tell y'all why. Because if you think about it, like like I said before, like a hundred percent before in past episodes, all these all these superstars. Including, well, I'm, I'm going to exclude Dominic Mysterio for right now. But all these superstars, Rhea Ripley, Finn Balor, and Damian Priest, they were already great superstars before they even formed this faction. Rhea Ripley, before she became women's world champion, she has won technically every single title in WWE from NXT UK all the way up to the main roster. Her first title was legit the NXT Women's UK Championship. Then after that, it was the NXT Women's Championship. Then after that, it was the I think it was the um, it was the Raw. It was either SmackDown or the Raw Women's Championship. One of the two. I don't remember now. And then after that, it became tag team, and no, it was SmackDown. Then tag team, then Raw. No, I scratch that. I, I I messed that up. It was Raw, then tag team, then SmackDown, aka World Women's Championship. So, 
She has she has won every single belt in WWE. Once. We're excluding Charlotte Flair out of this because she has never won the NXT uh, not the NXT UK Women's Championship. Not NXT Women's Championship. Two different titles. But Rhea was her for a very long time before basically being the leader of the Judgment Day. Even though the Judgment Day say, we have no leader. There is no leader in the Judgment Day. A correction. Rhea owns and technically is the leader of the Judgment Day. The way she carries herself, the way she gives around orders, everything. She is the leader of the Judgment Day. I don't, I don't care what everybody says. I don't, I don't even care. They be like, oh, they're their own. Fa-. No, no. Rhea, Rhea owns everybody in that in that entire faction. I'm telling the truth. And like I said, Rhea has been her for a very long time, from since NXT UK. So she she's already good there. Finn Balor, obviously, despite that stupid injury back in 2016, um, in SummerSlam, him being you know the first Universal Champion. He was dominant as an NXT champion, two-time NXT champion, IC champion twice, and a um and a United States champion by taking the US title off of Damian Priest at that time. And now Finn Balor is a two-time undisputed tag team champion. So he's been him for a minute. Including that, including the heel turn that people don't like that Finn Balor had, but also like him right now at the same time because he's doing so well with the Judgment Day. It works. It a hundred percent works. The dude is him. The dude loves what he does. You can't argue that. If you get mad at that, oh oh well. But he's him. You can see he's happy where he's at. Damian Priest. He he was like an he was NXT North American champion at that time. Yes, he could have stayed and became NXT champion, which he had, which he could. He would have been a great NXT champion, but you know that time they pushed him, tried to get NXT gold, NXT uh championship gold, main like you know be the head of NXT, but you know kind of failed at that. But it his NXT run was still fire. Then the dude became United States champion. And now he's senior money in the bank. And a two-time, two-time undisputed tag team champion with Finn Balor. And sooner or later, sooner or later, this dude will literally be world champion. We don't know when, though, because every time they try to have him cash in, he either fails or he gets his ass whooped. He's not going to, like, a lot of people think he's going to have a failed cash in. A lot of people think he's going to have a successful cash in. We don't know. I don't even know. In my mind, he might pull a high sense of century and hold it like Seth Rollins did all the way to WrestleMania. Or he'll, he'll do a failed cash in like Austin Theory. And lose it on like some regular, you know, raw, like you know, raw tape, live tape recording. We don't know, but either way, all those people outside of Dominic, 
has been main event stars for a good long ass minute. And I mean a minute and I mean as in a long ass fucking time. Now, then there's Dominic. A person that was technically in his father's shadows for two years straight. Basically, you gotta be like Rey Mysterio. You gotta do this. You gotta do that. This, this, this is it. And he's like, nah. I wanna be my own man. And then he went from being his father's son to the most hated heel. Most hated heel. Bigger than Roman Reigns. Heel version. Literally bigger than Roman Reigns version as a heel. And is hated across NXT, live shows, SmackDown, Raw, and also in public as well too. When there's no cameras on this man at all whatsoever. Just hated. Just completely hated. Dude is the biggest heel of wrestling right now. Probably not even in WWE. Probably just in wrestling, period. Dude is the biggest hated heel right now of all time. I will say Roman Reigns comes at like a number two to Dominic Mysterio. At first, if I had to say like Judgment Day, like Prime Judgment Day now versus Prime Bloodline, obviously, yeah, Roman would take the cake immediately. Dominic Mysterio would be second to Roman. But now that the Bloodline is technically out the door, and now the Bloodline is in as of the most dominant faction right now in WWE, Dominic beats Roman Reigns by a lot right now. A lot. And it shows. Dude is legit a two-time North American champion and a one-time SmackDown Tag Team Champion. And you remember him turning on his father and Edge at Clash the Castle in 2022? That's all I got to say. That's legit all I got to say. Dude is a beast. He's been a beast ever since, you know, Mobby came in the picture. Rhea Ripley. Dog has been hated. Boos galore like crazy. Anytime he talks, boo his ass. Anytime he tries to even open his mouth, they boo his ass. Every time they even cut up the mic, they boo his ass. Some people thought it was, you know, pitched in crowd noises. Nah, it was people legit booing this man because they don't like him at all. They say, why don't you turn on your father? And they'd be like, boo, boo. And every time I'd every time I be like, some people be like, eh, it's probably pitch crowd. No, if you go there live in person... And Dominic Mysterio is on the mic, whether it's a house show, whether it's a live tape recording of Raw and SmackDown, whether anything. They, it's legit loud as booze. Legit loud booze. And it, it shows. And it helps his character out a lot. Because legit, Dominic Mysterio is the most... Hated heel, I would say loved hated heel of all time right now. Of all time. And that's saying for a lot because of the heels in WWE. Because there's a lot of great heels right now in WWE. But Dominic, if you got to go versus um, Baron, 
Braun from NXT. If you got to do uh, Jimmy Uso. If you have to do Roman Reigns in this category. Bobby Lashley. Technically both Street Profits members. And whatever else. They're Drew McIntyre right now. Shinsuke Nakamura. They're all great heels. But none of them. And I mean none of them right now compare, can compare to Dominic Mysterio. None. I'm sorry. As much as you love Shinsuke, Drew, all Bobby Lashley, all those other, you know, great talented wrestlers. None of them heat-wise, hate-wise can level to Dominic Mysterio. And there's a lot of people, you know, like myself is actually loving Dominic Mysterio heel heat. It it shows every single week. And like I said, Every time they boo his ass, like, people are loving it. People be like, oh, I can't stand. People that be commenting on Instagram be like, oh, I can't stand Dominic Mysterio. He's this, he's that. And every time I see it, I laugh. I laugh because it's hilarious. Because this this dude is even getting heat from social media, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, all of them, YouTube. He's, he, he's hated across everywhere everywhere even when he's like you know not in you know the you know the heel his heel ways on monday night raw and nxt and sometimes smackdown the dude still gets hated when he's just doing regular interviews still gets hated dude it dude is not liked by anybody but that just shows you why judgment day is technically the best faction Right now in WWE, 100%. 100%. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. You see it weekly from views alone. You see it racking up on social media. You see it every single well to the point you just got to be like, I respect that. No matter how much you hate the Judgment Day, you have to respect that craft. Because... They're them. They've been doing this for technically since what? WrestleMania 38? Because that's when the you know the start of the Judgment Day was born. But they made it better ever since then. And it's been nothing but wonderful, like basically um wonderful memories from them. It's been, you know, I would say a lot of accomplishments from everybody in that group. And it shows. But that's usually that's my take on the Judgment Day as being the best faction in WWE. I know there's a lot of people that have different thoughts about this, but that's what I think. I, I'm going to stand by that on that 100% till Judgment Day dies. Because there's no end to Judgment Day unless, like I said, Finn Balor and Damian Priest goes back on that beef. But till then, we just got to see what happens. But speaking of great people in the WWE... Just like the Judgment Day. There's one specific person I want to pick out that's on the main roster on SmackDown. That is part of uh, a known group called Damage Control. And in my opinion, it's probably the most underrated person on the women's roster right now. And that's EO Sky. EO Sky literally has been doing wonderful things. Especially since she's been a great women's champion right now. And it shows. 
and with with obviously including with Bailey's help, obviously, but it shows mostly because of her ability in the ring, how she is when she cuts promos. And technically, she basically she'll prove you wrong because she's her. She's legit her on SmackDown as the face of the SmackDown women's uh, women's division right now. And like I said, she's really underrated when it comes to wrestling because ever since her ever since she won the title from cashing in her Money in the Bank contract at SummerSlam after Bianca Belair got her title back. She's been having a dominant run as WWE Women's Champion. And I would say a little bit better than Rhea Ripley, too. Even though, yes, Rhea Ripley has technically held that title since WrestleMania 39. But at the same time, in my opinion, Io Sky has more of a dominant women's title run than Rhea Ripley does. And... Like I said, Io Sky has basically faced this title against legendary women. Like, literally, she had that title facing legendary... Since she has the title facing legendary women like Charlotte Flair and Asuka and soon-to-be Bianca Belair when the time, when, you know, when the time comes. But overall, she faced it against a good amount of people. And I know, you know, besides... Besides them two, I I think there's other people that she versus as well too for the title. I'm not sure because mostly recently that's all we've been seeing was Charlotte Flair and Asuka, you know, trying to get that title off her. But um, she had great matches, man. Including if you gotta include the one when it was Charlotte Flair versus Io Sky on SmackDown, and including Asuka versus Charlotte Flair versus Io Sky at Fastlane. Those matches was pretty fucking good. Really good. And I really messed with them heavy. So And it shows, too. Eosky has been doing this for a very long time, man. Since Stardom. But we don't talk about Stardom because uh, those are some awkward-ass times. Not going to lie. But in, but in WWE, like NXT, going into the main roster, she was a one-time NXT Women's Champion. A one-time NXT Women's Tag Team Champion with Zoe Stark. She is a former um, two-time women's tag team champion with Dakota Kai, which we don't really talk about that. And right now, her most dominant run, besides her dominant NXT championship run, is the WWE Women's Championship. It shows. It 100% shows. People, People can hate me, but it shows. It legit shows on paper and in person. I don't know. I don't know what what you want me to say after that, but she's her. She's a hundred percent her. She is loved by many. For a lot of people, said she should leave damage control. Which, in my mind, it's coming. You can tell. You can tell it's coming. But we just gotta be patient. A lot of us ain't patient. I'm not gonna lie. But it's coming. It's a hundred percent coming. Will I say Eo Sky needs Bailey? No, not really, because she was dominant on her own without Bailey. So, I mean, she could be dominant on her. She could be dominant with Bailey, but Bailey's gonna cost her either a her title, or or b almost losing her title to the point, you know. Io turns on Bailey. I would say Bailey turns on Io because we've seen Bailey usually turn on people, not people turning on Bailey. 
So it'll be a good refreshment to see, you know, Eel like herself turning on Bailey a hundred percent. Cause we all know Bailey has that dog in her. She do. And she will convince anybody, like, hey, I'm a role bottle, listen to me, you know, I can take you to greater heights, which she can, which she really can, but at the same time, she will use you to the fullest and call out terrible matches, basically, you know, every time, you know, you know that example when it was Asuka, when she came, and, you know, saying, you know, and basically in Japanese, she said, I want to crack at that uh, women's uh, women's title again because technically she got robbed. I won't say robbed for it, but more like, you know, with the help of Bailey, she got cheated out of it. And then Bailey just steps in saying, oh, so you want to crack? So you want to have a triple threat at a fast lane for the WWE Women's Championship? Well, you got it. And I'm like, dog, that's not what the f- she said, you idiot. Like, like outbursts like that, well, is what's gonna get I like basically Bailey turned on, on God, because in her mind, Bailey's gonna be like, I helped you basically keep that title, and this is how you repay me, or Eo's gonna be like, every time I don't want a title defense with this title, not yet, you put me in one for some random odd reason, and that's gonna get her blood boiled, that's gonna get her heated, and she basically could turn on Bailey like that, but. At the same time, like I said, we see more Bailey turning on people than people turning on Bailey. So, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do there when the time comes when Eosky basically turns on Bailey. But will it, will it be as dominant as damage control like when they were together? I mean, maybe. We, we don't know. I like right now because the rich the original thing was you know barely be you know the face of damage control but since that technically got ruled out the picture twice because she lost both times EO Sky is the more dominant one out of Dakota Kai and Bailey and EO Sky shows it each and every week and obviously. That does, you can see it slowly getting the under the skin of Bailey because, yes, Bailey's the one who made the faction, but at the same time, she couldn't capitalize on winning the title for damage control because she was going after the Raw Women's Championship since Bailey, sorry, since Bianca was Raw Women's Champion at that time. And like I said, she was. Basically, Bailey was trying to be the leader, or I would say the face of Damage Control by getting the Raw Women's Championship. That failed, and now since that failed, EO Sky is now the head of uh, Damage Control. Even though you can see Bailey still pulling the shots and everything, but. Bailey kind of reminds me of Jimmy Uso right now. Jimmy Uso just calls the shots how he sees. You know, they both call the shots how they see. They don't care what happens to the other person. Like, that's that's how that's how they are both behaving right now. Because, obviously, like I said, comparing to, you know, Jay being on the bloodline, 
basically Jimmy trying to convince Solo and everything, and basically making moves like Roman Reigns, now that he's back, you know, back as, you know, I won't say head of the table, but more like back being away all that long for a very long time. Bailey's is basically doing the same thing like Jimmy Uso does. Basically thinks thinks he like that person's dominant at anything, think they're untouchable, no matter think the faction is untouchable no matter what happens, either good or bad, and then sabotages technically the other person and they either win by cheating a lot or lose because Bailey's being is a little self centered and causing that person to lose. One of the two that's happening. And it's more likely number two. It's happening literally from, you know, number two, as as literally we can see fit right now. So I'ma say straight off the bat, Bailey will turn on EO Sky when the time comes. It will happen. It's 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 literally leading up to the to the demise and the downfall of damage control. Because Bailey's going to turn on EO, and EO's still going to go off of, I don't need your help. I never did. I appreciate it, but I don't need your help to defend my title. Bailey will take that the wrong way, run with it, and we were going to get a feud between EO Sky and, B- uh, I was going to say Bianca, EO Sky and Bailey. And Dakota Kai at that point is going to be like a Paul Heyman and got to choose which person she wants to be with. Either you're going to stick with Bailey or you're going to stick with your, you know, your close friend, Eo Sky. I mean, it literally shows for people that don't think that's going to happen yet. It's going to happen. Probably more likely leading up to WrestleMania, that's going to happen. And I hope, I hope Eo doesn't lose her title. Before or a little bit after WrestleMania, because I want to see her have a long title run with this. But it's you know I feel like the Bailey versus Eo Sky feud probably won't start till like close to WrestleMania, more like a little bit after Elimination Chamber, in the middle before WrestleMania comes. So it's it's gonna happen it's like somewhere around there, but it will happen, and I'm definitely down to see it. Because like I said, it's a long-term storytelling, long-term booking. So anything can happen. Anything can happen. We just got to be patient. We just got to wait for the right time. But overall, when it comes to EO Sky and her underrated, ti- uh, or her underrated title runs, it needs to be talked about a lot more. It needs to. She is her for a reason. And I love that, you know, they're t- they're trying to tell a story how... Of how um, technically Io Sky is basically getting a dominant, you know, championship run or her first main event roster women's championship run because of Bailey, and then because they're leading up to you know obviously Bailey turning or Io Sky turning either one, and basically be like I helped you when nobody else did, and I took you in, and basically trained you to be a good. Women's women's champion. And now this is how you repay me. This is how you pay me back after all those times. And then boom. The rivalry goes from there. So overall, accolades and achievements cooked. Plus, she became the 2023 
Money in the Bank Women's Champion. Or I should say, Money in the Women's Money in the Bank winner, more likely. But you know what I mean. EO Sky, a lot of compliments for her is going to come, you know, later on soon. You know, we be, we got to be patient, but like I said, EO Sky is one of the most underrated women's wrestlers right now on the main roster. She needs to stop being overlooked, take it more seriously, and give her her props because she deserves it. All right, so around two weeks ago, we had, what was it? I think it was like, what, Nick, uh, Nick Aldis? That was, you know... A wrestler, I don't know if retired wrestler or not, from uh, from Impact and so, is the new general manager of Friday Night SmackDown, right? And beforehand, it was um, both Adam Pearce running Raw and SmackDown. So now, now that Nick is, you know, general manager of Friday Night SmackDown... It's slowly, you know, leading up to brand versus brand again, which we know that they're bringing back. And a lot of people are miss brand versus brand. Some people don't. Some people are like, nah, why do we have brand versus brand again? I understand. I understand. But, and I say but, technically, we're also going to have war games again. So... There will be war game matches at this coming Survivor Series. So that being said, you can still do brand versus brand. And then for like, usually have you have the elimination, you know, the elimination five on five matches. Do five on five war game matches, SmackDown versus Raw. That would elevate. You, you take... You basically take traditional Survivor Series matches, like 5-on-5 five five elimination match, but you take out the elimination part, and you put them in a War Games cage, and then they fight it out 5-on-5. Five five. That would be a lot better. Like, if you're doing that, you can have, you know, say, for example, you have, uh, obviously, the main event would be Seth freaking Rollins, the World Heavyweight Champion, Versus the undisputed universal champion Roman Reigns, right? Champion versus champion. Then you have, um, then you have like what Rhea Ripley, the women's world champion versus Io Sky, WWE women's champion. Then you have uh, Gunther versus Rey Mysterio slash Logan Paul. Whoever wins that match at a uh, Crown Jewel uh, at November seventh in Saudi. And then, you know, you don't ha- you don't have to defend the undisputed tag team titles because there's no point. And then you can just do, um, for if you do, and if you're doing like what the elimination matches, basically you can. Uh, this is this is what you're gonna have. If they do the elimination matches, you're gonna have um, main event Jey Uso. Drew McIntyre, Cody Rhodes, um, who else? Sami Zayn, and uh, I don't know who else is on uh, Monday Night Raw because it's usually them. It's usually them. And if, if if I had to literally think of the first people that comes to mind for that, 
Um, it will usually be Kevin Owens, but Kevin Owens is on SmackDown, so I can't really do that. But technically, if it if Kevin Owens wasn't traded yet to SmackDown, then it will be Kevin Owens. But in this case, it'll be like versus. So it'll probably be like a four on four, it like War Games match, because you know it wouldn't really make sense. And then if you do Team SmackDown, you can do Finn Balor, Damian Priest, um, Dominic Mysterio, and honestly J.D. McDonough. Basically, the entire Judgment Day, because Judgment Day has literally been screwing up people's. Screwing up people by a long shot. So you technically do the entire Judgment Day versus them. That's that's your men's. And then your women's for both Raw and SmackDown. You have if like for SmackDown, I know it'd be uh Charlotte Flair, Oscar, Bianca Belair, and if you wanna just hop in there, Bailey, right? Yeah, that that's more like for the SmackDown side of things. Because anything after that, like, that's technically unethical because no one else on SmackDown does more work than technically them four women right there. Like it's it's pretty much self explanatory, but it, it, it shows. It honestly shows. And then if you're doing um raw if you're doing raw for the women I would definitely say Becky Lynch. Um, if you're doing on it, Indy Hartwell, Liv Morgan, and honestly, you can't really do Rhea Ripley. So, okay, so if I was so, let me rephrase it. If I was doing Raw, and if I was doing Raw, Zoe Stark, Shayna Baszler, because they're actually becoming more dominant now. Raquel Rodriguez and Becky Lynch. Oh God, that's who I'd actually put for the women, because they're 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 like, they're like the most dominant women right now on Monday Night Raw, and that would be the women's war game match. Not really five on five, but it's more like four on four. But you gotta remember, war game started as four on four before it switched to five on five. So, so yeah. But honestly, those matches would be fire, would be gas. Yes, it would be five matches, but those matches would be fire. Oh, God. And if you want like to have like a random NXT match on there, you can. You know, just to give it some more flavor. Like Dragunov versus Corbin or Dragunov versus, uh, what is it, Braun Breaker. You know, something crazy. But, and then, damn, there you go. That's your Survivor Series match. A little bit of NXT, but mostly Raw versus SmackDown. And it won't be no, like, you know, basically, you do the pay-per-view, and then, you you know, people forget about it the next night on, you know, on Raw or the next week on SmackDown. Like, nah. If you're going to do it, go crazy, be known for it, and don't treat it like it's, like, another, like, pay-per-view that people just don't care about. Because people cared about Survivor Series for years. For years. But problem was when Trip not Triple H, but when um Vince McMahon was in power at that time, we just plain out forgot about it because it was either A, it was really good, it was really good for build ups and stuff, or just B, 
it just sucked all the way around. And then, you know, it was like an all right pay-per-view that no one really cared about. So I'm glad it's getting out that, you know, out that type of thinking, the way of thinking, because people don't like it if it's like a boring pay-per-view and you just be like, ah, right, cool, it's just there just to be there. But like to bring back some of the nostalgia to it and, you know, bring back the brand versus brand, Adam Pierce versus Nick Aldis. Not gonna lie, even though Nick Aldis has barely, literally been on the roster for what week, two weeks or so, dude has literally been calling shots like nothing, throwing shots at Adam Pierce and everything like that. Like you remember what happened on a Friday Night SmackDown when um basically Jay Uso jumped Jimmy Uso, and then after that they're trying to and then Nick Aldis was trying to find. Jay Uso like ten grand for coming on the SmackDown, and then next you know like Adam Pierce be like, bro, you really gonna give him that much of a fine? Like that's kind of ridiculous. He's like, all right, cool. Here's what I do: tell them both to get out. And I'm like, okay, nigga, this is this is what you don't want to do. All right, this is what you uh, I was like, chill, Nick, chill. I know you just became general manager of SmackDown, but chill, chill. Like, you don't need to be doing this. Chill, bro. Chill. And you seen that look between Adam and Nick. And I'm like, mm, this ain't going to be good. So, I'm letting you know right now. Imagine if if they decided to have Adam Pierce and Nick come out of, like, retirement and be, like, one last match. And it's like general manager versus general manager. And they actually fight. Because you got to remember, they were both former world champions in NWA. Both of them were. So, and, you know, the build is there. You can see Nick Aldridge hasn't lost that, you know, hmm, that thing is still, you know, big as hell. Pierce is big as hell. He probably works out off, obviously, he probably works off off screen and off camera. That's obvious. But... They both two big time former world champions. Both. So I'm just letting you know. If they actually decide to have Nick and Adam obviously wrestle, just one last wrestling match for both of them. I was I will say that match would be fire. Oh god, let's think about it. That match would be phenomenally fire. Plus, you gotta remember. Before he became general manager, he was literally just an impact a couple months ago. So, legit, Dog can probably still go and probably still has the power and the strength and everything to still go in the ring and dominate. Maybe some current people on the roster right now because out of a lot of people that's on both Raw and SmackDown... Nick can probably whoop at least majority of the people's ass. It's a good 95% of people's ass on fucking Monday night. Um, why I say Monday night wrong? On Friday night SmackDown. Like, maybe if you, want, if you want to throw in a little Roman in there, maybe. And that would be maybe on Roman because Roman is a powerhouse. I'm not going to lie. But overall, I'm excited for the brand versus brand being back at Survivor Series. I hope, it, like I said, I hope it's not original elimination you know, 5-on-5 match. I'd rather just to be like a 5-on-5 war game match and then just go from there. Because those, those, the war game match from 2020, uh, 2022 
was hella dope. Hella fire. And I loved it. So I hope that they, you know, do like a little bit brand versus brand versus, you know, war games. And I swear, if they do that from now on, I feel like the pay-per-view each and every year will get a lot better, a lot view, a lot of views, and people will find it a lot more interesting. And you can switch it up every year, you know, still do War Games matches, but still go crazy with it, you feel me? Like, like do, do something that's worthwhile, that the fans will love, and they'll stick by that for the next couple of years, depending on how long War Games will be around on the main roster. But that only just depends. But there's but uh next topic I wanna um talk about. So this is something random, something that I um uh, I was just thinking about it. It was just on my mind, and I was like, hmm, I I should give my opinion about that because I never ever talked about this person. So the person that I'm implying is Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe. And if y'all don't know who Samoa Joe is, yes, he was in WWE. He was in the he was in Impact Wrestling before WWE, and now he's in uh you know Ring of Honor slash AEW. He's in both brands. But um, I was like I said before, before WWE Impact or I should say TNA made Samoa Joe, and then you know after TNA he went to WWE he went to uh WWE NXT specifically. Before being on the main roster. And he he became NXT champion. Never think he was not North American. No tag team NXT champion. And then he would be he, then he was on the main roster. And then Susie got to the main roster. He was good. He, he was hella good. But injury but injury prone like a motherfucker. I'm talking about injury prone after injury prone after injury prone. And now in my mind, now I will, I will talk to you or I will give my opinion on why Samoa Joe never became WWE champion. Well, and you know, around that time, um, I don't know. I think AJ Styles was a uh, WWE champion around that time, right? And around that time, Universal Champion was Brock Lesnar. And I think this is when he had his, like, 500-plus day Universal Championship reign. Barely barely on pay-per-views, barely on, you know, WWE Live TV, just like how they're doing Roman Reigns. But more likely with Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe had everything. The skills in the ring, the mic talking... The promos, all you can think of. And and now that it's like he's gone from WWE, there's so much missed opportunities that WWE should have took with Samoa Joe but didn't. Because one, they say in their mind, because this was Vince at the time booking this all this stuff, or being part of creative, around this time. They said that Samoa Joe wasn't ready for the main event scene, even though he clearly was. And two, on top of that, dude was injury prone like crazy. And I mean, like crazy. Like every time it was something big going on, dude would get injury prone. And I don't know why. He would have got injury prone 
And the same thing happened to him when he was in the Universal title spot. I think he had two Universal uh, title shots. And I think it was one at uh, SummerSlam when it was the Fatal 4 away for the Universal t- uh, Universal Championship. And I remember it was Roman. It was Roman Reigns. Brock Lesnar when he when he was the Universal Champion. Uh Braun Strowman was over as hell in that time. And Samoa Joe, same person. And then when that happened, when he lost that match, it was Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar at Great Balls of Fire, which was a terrible pay-per-view that they never did again. Anyway. But each of those each of those times he could have won, but didn't because he got injured every single time. And that's that technically is what held back his um uh, I won't say his momentum, more like held him back to ever getting world championship gold early in his career or in his main event career. Because or I like more like main roster career, you know what I mean. But it shows because he had, like I said, he had everything. The physique, like the people were like the type of person that, you know, Vince loved at the time was heavyweight dudes. Like people like John, Roman, people like Randy, people like, you know, Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, all those type of Bray Wyatt, everybody. But just him getting injured a lot held him back to achieve probably great, you know, great chances at becoming world champion very, very early in his main roster career. And it sucked that we, it sucks that we never got to see that because as soon as he got injured again, he was out for a good amount of times. I want to say a good amount of times. He was out for a good amount of months as commentator, which I'm not going to lie. Him as a commentator was really good. Really energizing, really energizing, really good to see him. But after that, it caused him to get fired and then rehired like a couple days later, which was awkward as hell. I'm not going to lie. And he, he got, I think he, when he got fired, he got fired at WrestleMania 37, I think it was, or 36. One of them two. He got, he got fired at one of those pay-per-views. And... After that, he got rehired again, like a couple days later, and I was like, "Okay, well, I don't know what they're doing, but it's happening." And and now it's when when that happened, when he got rehired, he got sent down to NXT again to become a two time NXT champion, which none none's bad about that. It just sucked because he was on the main... He basically was on the main roster for a minute and basically got all his time wasted just for him to become United States champion and nothing else. Because after that title, I have never seen him have held any other title besides NXT and United States Championship. Everything else, like IC, non-existent. Tag Team, non-existent. Universal Slash World Heavyweight, non-existent. Both for those, all four of those titles was non-existent. The only two titles he held was a mid card and NXT. That's it. That's all. That's all he held. Besides that, like everything else was just non-existent. 
and they and they fumbled on this man. They uh, legit fumbled on Samoa Joe, a person that technically was loved by was loved by a little, hated by all. But his but his heel work was just like Dominic Mysterio. I won't say as hated. He wasn't as hated as Dominic is now. But Samoa Joe was was more like you know hated but loved at the same time because he he put people in his place like Ray like why I say like Ray Mysterio like Roman Reigns and and Brock Lesnar just to name a little just to name a few. I mean yes he did beat Ray Mysterio but he beat Ray Mysterio to retain the United States Championship in like three or. Three, I think it was like three to five minutes, so that doesn't really count. But he bodied people on the mic like Roman Reigns and, and Brock Lesnar because Roman Reigns at the time, he was garbage at, at, you know, he was garbage at promos. He couldn't cut a promo to save his life. So every time, so people, a lot of people took advantage of him when he was cutting promos because Samoa Joe came in, bodied this man, and then left. Or he came in, bodied him and Brock Lesnar. If you if you remember to this day that um that promo segment between Bobby Lashley, so I say Bobby Lashley with uh between Brock Lesnar and um and Samoa Joe, where he's like you know, you know it was Paul Heyman in the background. He was like, "Yo, listen to me, listen to him. That's your advocate. You listen to him because he's protecting you from me." And he's like, "I'm the man." And then Brock Lesnar looks at Rome and he's like, "Hey, hey." Listen, you look at me when when you like you look at me when I'm talking to or we can straighten it out right now. And then ever since then I was like Brick, put this you put the universal title on this man because he deserves it. He deserves a good ass run with this title. And they had so much chances. So many chances to put the title on this man. But in some some way, somehow, some form. WWE just didn't see him as world championship material, which was the dumbest decision in all of professional wrestling at that time. Oh, God. All of professional wrestling. And on top of that, you also got to think about he was also injury prone a lot. So that's what also held him back as, you know, being world champion as well, too. Both either on Raw or on SmackDown. And then technically after his second run as uh NXT champion, I think he either requests his leave or WWE just cut him. I don't remember. And after that, he, you know, went to AEW slash Ring of Honor, became Ring of Honor te- television champion. And yeah, he had a successful run as that as that champion. And I see him as Ring of Honor World Champion. I can see this man as AEW World Champion. I can see it. I can 100% see it. Dude deserves to be World Champion. I don't know why they think that Samoa Joe just deserves to stay in the mid-card. He's been in the mid-card for way, way, way too long in my opinion. He deserves to flourish. He deserves to be up there with the greats in uh, AEW like MJF. Adam Cole, um, Sting, just to name a few, um, Christian Cage, Adam Copeland, aka Edge, because I can't get behind Adam Copeland for anything, um, and a lot, and a lot, a lot more people that I can, you know, see 
as AEW world champion, besides Kenny Omega, besides Chris Jericho, John Moxley, you know, the list goes on from there. But overall, literally, Samoa Joe can be AEW world champion. He would be a dominant AEW world champion. Like, he was a dominant NXT champion, especially in the early days of NXT, because he was more loved. I think his, his NXT first title reign was more loved than his second NXT title reign. But, um, yeah, they, they, they fumbled. WWE fumbled hard, hard with Samoa Joe. And they, that was like one of the greatest missed opportunities of all time. Besides other people. Um, that was from, you know, NXT to the main roster and got cut. But, man, if, if they, if Samoa Joe wasn't injury prone all that much, like he was on WWE at the time. Because on AEW, he's not really injury prone barely all that much. I'm guessing it's the people that he worked with on WWE at that time. Just, you know, injures a lot of people. So, I I will definitely say this. Uh, I will definitely say this. Samoa Joe has, does have a better run on AEW than he does WWE. And sooner or later, this man will become world champion. Doesn't matter if it's Ring of Honor. Doesn't matter if it's AEW. He deserves to be world champion. Samoa Joe, world champion. Coming soon. And I hope it's soon. Oh, God. After MJF drops the title uh, to whoever else. People saying JY. People saying other. Maybe, maybe someone else. But I hope it's Samoa Joe. I hope it's... Samoa Joe again, even though they technically did have a few not too long ago, but like, I hope, you know, Samoa Joe can be the one to sooner or later become AEW world champion because he, he hundred percent deserves it. He deserved it from WWE. He deserves it from AEW. I'm just saying the truth. So the last thing I want to talk about is should Will Ospreay come to WWE? Now, just like a lot of these, you know, People that doesn't come from WWE, like people from Impact or people from AEW or people from IWGP Wrestling, stuff like that, or New Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling, technically. Um, I don't know much about. I really don't. You know, outside a few people from Impact, a few people from AEW, and not that much people from New Japan Pro Wrestling. So... Will Ospreay, I, I know of him. I've heard of him. I've seen a, maybe like a couple of his matches, but I don't, you know, never was like, you know, a diehard fan because like I said, I don't know the person like that. I never really watched him like that. So I, like I said, I don't really know much about him. But what I've been hearing about this guy from AEW Impact and all that stuff, that this man is not only great on the mic and stuff like like all that, he is great in the ring. He puts on phenomenal five-star classic matches with great opponents. So, and I and I and I looked him up. I'm not gonna lie, I looked him up. And when I saw his matches, especially his, I think his current one was at Bound and Glory at Impact. I was like, how did I not watch this dude? How did I never know about this dude like that? And I'm. In my mind, I'm like, all right, I got to start either looking at this man a lot more and, you know, doing research about this man 
And when I look, when I was literally doing research about this guy, he has a lot of accolades, and I mean a lot of accolades from a lot of like independent scenes, from him being in a lot of stables over the years, um, mostly a lot of them from um between um New Japan Pro Wrestling, because there everything else I have never heard of like. Future, like Future Pro Wrestling, Lucha, what, Brentano, Melbourne City Wrestling, Pro Wrestling, um, Chaos, Revolution Pro Wrestling, Progress Wrestling, like, Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling is, like, probably the only two that I recognize. Everything else, I don't know at all. But, um, from what I see from the stuff that I do know, he was a one-time Ring of Honor World Television Champion. From New Japan Pro Wrestling, he was a one-time IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. He's a two-time IWGP United States slash United Kingdom Heavyweight Champion. He was a three-time IWGP uh, Junior Heavyweight Champion. And he was a one-time Never Openweight Champion. So, from what I can look at and what I can tell and what I, you know know from you know looking and watching other wrestling promotions like that probably sticks out to me more than anything else that he has on his on his list i just don't know either it was probably small wrestling promotions or like somewhat of a big wrestling promotion but no one really knows like that you know besides like the mainstream ones so from from what i can tell dude racked up a lot of accolades across a lot of indie wrestling scenes, and I mean a lot of them, and it shows, especially the ones that I think he had currently, uh, one of them being at Bound of Glory, Impact, um, and some other, probably some other wrestling promotions that I, uh, you know, don't know about all that much. I, I, in my mind, I think he was in AEW. Not in AEW, but had a match at AEW. I don't know. People, some person's gonna correct me if they wrong because there's people that, like I said, there's probably a lot of people that watch indie slash AEW more than I will ever do. Um, because, like I said, either A, I just don't watch it like that, or B, never heard of it, or C, was just maybe not even interested. But what I've heard from rumors that you know, Will considers WWE transmission or transition as a possibility. And in my mind, from what I've, like I said, from what I've seen from videos on YouTube and, you know, clips on like stuff like TikTok and Instagram, there are some people that I can see him having great rivalries with if he did come to WWE. One of them, maybe, you know, one of them is like LA Knight. Because L.A. Knight was in the impact, was in a in the uh, was in the independent wrestling scene for a minute before he jumped to WWE. I think he was in a he was in N.W.A. I know that he was uh in Impact as Eli Drake. He was in other uh wrestling scenes as e, uh, Eli Drake for a very long time till he switched to L.A. Knight as soon as he went, uh came to uh, WWE. I know um. Probably Adam Cole, if, you know, uh, AEW. But uh, if more WWE, I would say um, 
Finn Balor, because, oof, that would be a fire match. Uh, yeah, you could do Finn Balor, uh, Randy Orton, whenever he comes back, John Cena, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, um, who else? Drew McIntyre, uh, Cody Rhodes, um, there's, there's some other people on there. Shoot, Braun Breaker, whenever he comes up to the main roster, uh, Carmelo Hayes, I could definitely see that. Um, Tyler Bates, that's another, it's an underrated one. I'm not gonna lie, Sheamus. Um, and there's a lot, a lot more people, including Walter and Ilya Dragunov. Bruh, those matches would be fire. Those people that I just named off would be fire. All of them would be fire matches. A lot of his stuff would be four, four and a half, and five star five-star matches. Oh, God. And I don't even know, like I said, I don't know him to do too much. But his wrestling style and how he does and, and how the way he wrestles, yeah, I can definitely, definitely see this man with very, very talented people, him, like him wrestling talented people, if he ever decides to come to uh, WWE. And that is a big if. But um, there's an article from ringsidenews.com about his transition as a possibility. They says, Will Ospreay is considered one of the biggest pro wrestlers of the last decade, as he had an incredible as he had incredible matches in many companies all over the world. His free agency status has made him a major topic of discussion in pro wrestling business. Interestingly enough, Ospreay now stated that a WWE jump is on the table. Will Ospreay continues to market to make his mark all over the world as his stock rises with every single match. It comes as no surprise as Will Ospreay will or has been on an incredible hot streak uh, over the past couple years. While speaking to Metro.co.uk about his future in the wrestling business, Will Ospreay was asked about a potential jump to WWE. Ospreay made it clear that it is a certain. So is certainly on the table as he is now weighing his options. I mean, we have spoke about it more. I'm now more open. Sorry, I'm now open to the idea of stretching myself out that little uh that little bit more. As age has come more apparent to me and my body is hurting more and more, I'm open to all uh adventures or virtues or you know what I mean. I had a lot of talks with my friends about this and I've spoke to uh the missus. Although we spent so much money on our new kitchen, we are op- we are open to the idea of relocating to the United States. It's on the table. That's all I really can say. It means I it, it that means I am open to all op- all options going forward. Will Ospreay has dropped more hints about signing with TNA next year after his contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling expires. Only time uh will tell whether Ospreay will end up making his way to WWE next year. So, I will say this. Like I said, <laughs> like you said in this thing, he's getting older um, and his body is hurting a lot more. And even though, like I said, him and his missus and everything, especially him, you know, like I see, like you said, spending money on his new, I guess, open kitchen, but uh, the money, you know, if he decides to and, you know, wants to, you know, explore that type of side of wrestling, then he can. He can. 
Will I say the matches will be fire, especially under Triple H's booking? Yes. Y- yes, there will be. I wouldn't I wouldn't say put him in the, you know, the championship scene so early, even though dude can put on some great matches with some great people. But um he's probably if he's going to do anything, if you're going to have Will jump ship to WWE, treat him and I mean treat him like they're doing Jade Cargill right now in WWE. Because Cargill is signed to a multi-million dollar contract with WWE. We just don't know, as the fans, where she's going to land. Because she's appear- she appears on all three brands. Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. She will, she will you know, look from the crowd on Raw. She will, or be backstage on Raw from NXT. Like, I think this past night, one of Halloween Havoc, she was literally on a throne looking out at the NXT crowd and just watching the matches. And on SmackDown, she's backstage with um with either Nick, well, Adam Pearce before, now Nick uh, Albus, like, you know, talking to him and all that type of stuff. So, and, you know, after that, we see potential rivalries, you know, Becky Lynch versus... I say like Becky Lynch versus Jade. We have uh maybe uh what is it? Rhea Ripley versus Jade, Charlotte Flair the Queen versus Jade. So anything and any everything can happen with uh with Jade being in uh like I said in uh WWE. Just like if you have Will, the same thing will happen if you had Will in WWE, because you, like I said, you could you could trade him just like you treat Jay, but instead of you know NXT, because I don't think he would want to go down to a development brand. He would more likely want to go to either Raw or SmackDown if that happens. So if it does happen, you can have him eyeing you know Seth Rollins, the World Heavyweight Champion, Roman Reigns as the undisputed Universal Champion. You could have him eyeing Gunther, because him and Gunther, woo, especially the five-star matches we see with Gunther already. Him just as the IC champion, him versus Gunther would be chef's kiss, dog. Him versus Gunther would be chef's kiss. Shit, I could even see Ricochet versus Will. That would be a fire match. A fire, especially probably like an opener to maybe like open up to like one like a major pay per view, probably like Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, um, WrestleMania, even, um, Money in the Bank stuff like that. But I'm I'm literally telling you right now, if Will goes to Raw or SmackDown, though those. People that I just named off, plus the matches that they will have, would be insanely, and I mean insanely good to watch. Five stars across the board. Five stars. So, you know this man means justice. You know this man means dog. I'm here, but I'm your threat now. You feel me? But, honestly, time will come. Time will come. We will see in the future if he comes to WWE or not. If he does, I'm excited. If he doesn't, I can't be mad at him for making, you know, a decision. Because, like I said, he's getting older. Body's not, you know, used to some a lot of stuff like he like he like uh, his body was before. 
your body gets older, you know, your bones start breaking down and stuff like that. So you're not going to be the same person as you do when you were when you were younger. But I mean, but like him at least holding on till, you know, till he does get to WWE, which he'll beat Impact, obviously, I should say TNA by next year. But like I said, the matches on TNA... They'll be five-star depending on who goes against him. But I feel like he will get a lot more five-star matches between, like, with, with WWE, honestly. Obviously, he has, if he had five-star matches with AEW and, and uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, yes. WWE, it will happen. Impact, it just depends on who's on there. But either way, either way, I'm happy with Will's decision. Don't, no matter where he goes, um, yes, I will start... Watching him a lot more on um, either on uh, live TV or live uh, tape recordings of um, I like with New Japan. If I if I can actually watch it because New Japan for wrestling it usually happens early in the goddamn morning, more likely three in the morning or so or two in the morning. I don't know. So I don't know. It just depends. But either way, I'll start probably watching it more like Lee on YouTube and then work my way up to like you know stuff like that. But uh, overall, I'm excited for this man um, to see where this where this man goes, where he ends up in. Because either way, he's going to make that show a lot better. I'm just telling the truth. But overall, that's it for today's episode, guys. Thank you for everybody to tune in me, listen to me, vibing with me, kicking with me. I appreciate it. I love each and every one of y'all that uh, pays, like that basically subscribes or follows me on all social media, especially across all uh podcast platforms i appreciate it i love it um i love the energy that you guys give you know i appreciate uh everything that you know the comments the views i i love it i love it all from y'all and like i said it's 2023 we going to stop we never ever going to stop plus we literally we close to the end of this year 2023 is almost done we on the 2024 and 2024 gonna be crazy 2024 is going to be crazy. And like I said, we grinding. We ain't going to stop grinding. We ain't going to stop hustling. Dog, I do this. I have been doing this for two, more like now three years. So, like I said, we going to a top. We never, ever going to stop. Ever. But like I said, this is your boy Antoine, TV2, the host of Organized Mess. You can follow me across all social medias, Antoine TV2, across YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Organized Mess. Follow it on YouTube as well, too. Organized Mess or ODM Official across Instagram, Twitter, and and, uh, Facebook. And that being said, y'all, I love y'all. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace. And have a great day.